Praise the Lord. I was glad when they said to me, come and preach at Calvary. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I was. I really was. Uh, I'm always so humbled because I have so much respect and uh, awe of Pastor Otis in this church. So it's a privilege to get to be here with you guys. Praise the Lord. I have a word in my heart that God has just been, uh, like Jeremiah said in the Bible, he said, it's like fire in my bones. Um, and I want to share that with you. But I do really quickly want to just quickly share uh, what we're doing in New Orleans uh, New Orleans, for those who are around that area. Um, we are working in New Orleans. We just moved three months ago from Honduras. We had been working in Honduras for 17 years, and uh, God called us to work in New Orleans. And he said, he, said, uh, he, he said, Nathan, I'm calling you here. And I humbly said, no. <laughs> uh, my, my, my wife asked me, she said, uh, we had heard about it, and she said, did you, did you pray about uh, that, that opportunity that, that worked there? And I, I, I did. I said no. And I was, like, I was angry. I was angry that she asked me that. <laughs> um, and uh, I was like, why am I angry that she's asked? I was really analyzing this. Why am I angry that she's asking me to pray? You know, that, that's, that's really bad. What's going on? And so I had to start doing this work in my heart and asking God, God, wh- what is going on? So, so, and, and she said this humble thing. She said, well, I just realized that I hadn't prayed about it. Um, and I just felt convicted about that. And I was like, now I feel convicted. <laughs> so, uh, so I said, I will pray. I'll pray for, for a year. I'll pray about this, but I don't, I don't think that that's what God wants us to do. Um, and, and as I began to pray, I realized, I realized that the reason I was angry is because I had developed the American dream in Honduras. <laughs> I had my home. I had my business, I had my, my ministry, I had my disciples, I had my three boats that we use for all the ministry that we do. I had gotten a Toyota Hilux. I was so excited. <laughs> I, was, I had everything that I, I needed, and, and our support was the best it's ever been, you know, and, and, and we live on, a, 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 it's very easy in Honduras. You can live on, on a very little amount and make it go a long way. So I was like, I don't want to start all over again, Lord. I don't want to start with all new people in a whole new place. <laughs> and and, 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 and uh, my wife, she's been in Honduras since she was three years old. She was a missionary's daughter. And my children were all born in Honduras. So I'm like, this is just crazy. You know, and I realized I was angry about it because I didn't, I didn't want God to do that. I wanted God to do what I was, you know, I, what I was doing. And I came to New Orleans in, uh, in April for one week and uh, Pastor Todd spoke over me as I was going. He said, I just feel like it's going to be, you're just going to have so much, this trip is going to be the confirming trip for you, and you're going to have so much peace. And I was like, yes, I get there. And day one, I'm like, I'm praying, I'm walking through the community, I'm like, Lord, show me why you're calling us here. Why is this, why is it here? And I, and I was praying, why, why, why? Because I was like, I have to, I have to cast vision to all the people who support us. I have to cast vision to all the people in Honduras that we've supported and worked with for so many years. I have to cast vision to my family and explain why we're going to this place and what God's going to do. And I was like, God, just show me. I need to show, see why. And, 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 uh, and actually, anxiety and frustration were, were building. <laughs> the first three days I was there, I was just frustrated and angry. And I was like, 
this is not peaceful. I don't know what Pastor Todd was saying because that was not from the Lord. <laughs> and, and I walked up. On the third day, I was walking up over the bridge looking over the community where we're, we're going to be serving and uh, where we're now living. And I said, I said, Lord, why this place? Why this place? And I felt God speak so clearly to me. I, I felt my spirit, him say, it's not about why, but it's about being obedient to what I've called you to do. And in that very moment, I, I, like, it was like, you know, my life flashed before my eyes, and I saw all these times that I had had my plans, but God changed those plans. And I, I like, from when I was really little, I wanted to be a missionary to Africa. That was my plan, my plan. And I realized I didn't plan to go to Honduras. I didn't plan to do that, but then God had told me 17 years ago, I want you to go there. I want you to be obedient. And I have seen that he has been so faithful. I went with nothing, and then I have so much. I was so blessed, and am so blessed. And I said, God, if that's what it is, I can do that. I can be obedient. That's, that's, because you always bless me when I'm obedient. And, and I was like, and, and, and that very moment, man, peace came over me. And the trip, the rest of the trip, was awesome. It was just, just so, and I came back, told Pastor, I was like, it was so good. <laughs> uh, so praise the Lord. So that's, that's I, I did not know why, but we just, we just stepped out in faith. Uh, we came here uh, just knowing that God has called us. My, my wife felt uh, wholehearted that God had called us. My children too have been supportive of us. And like, yeah, uh, we know, uh, man, my, my son said, I said, do you feel like God has called us? And he said, I know that you hear from God and I know that God told you that he's called us, so I trust that. Man, that is awesome. <laughs> you know? And uh, so, so this is just such an awesome thing that God is doing. And so when we got to New Orleans, I really began to see why God called us there. And I am passionate about this. Uh, Pastor Otis told me you guys have a small group, uh, a Hispanic team, a group of guys, people that meet together. That's awesome because the fastest growing church in the United States, the most plants is in the Hispanic community. The, the, the white evangelical Anglo-Saxon church is actually decreasing in the U.S., guys. But the, but the Hispanic community is growing like wildfire. And, and God has prepared me for, for all these years in Honduras on how to disciple and how to work. He's, he's taken me through this 17-year course on doing this. And it is, it is uh, by 2050, the statistics say that the United States will be one-third Spanish-speaking. And, and man, I was like, that is why God called us here, to raise up a generation that now is the time to disciple. If that's where we're going to be, we need that, 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 that silent voice that no one knows about. We need to raise it up and awaken it for God, for Christ. So we want to raise up disciples. And then New Orleans, it's like the, one of the worst cities in the U.S. It's, it's, it was the month we got there, it was the... the, the uh, murder capital of the U.S., <laughs> the, the month we got there. So, so, and then, and there's, it's top five in the most corrupt cities in the U.S. And I was just like, I was like, man, this feels like Honduras. This is amazing. <laughs> God prepared me for this. <laughs> so, so it was just, it was awesome. Like God has just set it up. And, and then this is awesome. This is so exciting. There's so many things you just, you can't make these things up. It's awesome. We get there, 70% of the Hispanics in Louisiana over, overall are Honduran. <laughs> so it was just awesome. Like God is just doing incredible things and it's exciting to see what he's doing. And I want to encourage you guys with this word. Right now, 
around the world, we are seeing the greatest harvest of Christians, of people coming to Christ, to giving their life to Christ and serving him. So don't get caught up in all the negative stuff that's on media and news and all that stuff. God is moving. It is, it is, it's not just an opinion. It's, it's statistically shown that, that all over the earth, there are more people coming to Christ than any other time in history since Jesus Christ walked the earth. He is moving. And this morning, he's inviting us to join in that movement. He's inviting us. And the, and, and, and the title of my message this morning, my word to you is, let's go fishing. Who likes fishing? Can I see anybody here? A couple people? Okay. I love fishing. I love fishing. It is my favorite sport. And it is, it is the thing that I do every single day. It's just not for the actual fish in the water. It's for men. <laughs> I've actually only been fishing probably about 10 times. Uh, but I love fishing. God, Jesus called his disciples in Matthew chapter 4, 18. Jesus says this to his disciples, or he calls his first, first four disciples. He says, as Jesus was walking beside, uh, sorry, Matthew chapter 4, starting in 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going a little bit further, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets, and Jesus called them and said, called them, and immediately, sorry, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Praise the Lord. Now, um, I got to study some of, some of, I was working with some Catholics uh, uh, during the hurricane relief, and I was studying some of the material that they have. And they have this, they have this idea, this uh, doctrine, that in, in, the, in the followers of Christ, there are two uh, levels of calling in Christianity. So there's the calling over everyone, and then there's this calling for like a higher calling. Say you're called to be a, a padre, you know, a... Uh, a leader in the church or that sort of thing. And I thought that, you know, that's so silly. That's not what I see in scripture. You know, I just, like, God calls everyone to be his servants. God calls everyone to a higher calling. And, and, but being, I want to say this, guys, this is something that I see. And and a lot of, honestly, a lot of you, my close friends here (laughs) at Calvary, um, I see this in so many people in the United States. We don't, we wouldn't say we believe that, but our actions show that we believe that. We, we believe that, that there's certain people that are like, man, yeah, Blaine, he's called the ministry. Pastor Otis, he's called the ministry, but that's not, that's not for me. I'm just doing my thing. You know? And so, so we only focus on the first part of the verse where Jesus says, come and follow me. We teach our kids to follow God. We teach them uh, to, to do the things of God. You know, pray for your food, go to church, be kind, don't lie. And that's great. That's the first part. That's great. It's so good, but it's only the first part. Jesus said from the very beginning with his calling to his disciples, he said, come, follow me. So be intimate with me. Let's walk. Let's let's do life together for what? I will teach you to be a fisher of men. 
So that is the goal of everyone here. It is not just the missionary from Honduras. It's not just Missions Month. It is the mission. It is the mission of God that he has called. If you, if you claim, if you say with your mouth, I'm a follower of God, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm a Christian, it is your job to be doing this in some way. And I'm going to give you some practical tools to do it. Because uh, I don't want to just preach a heavy message and then, you know, like Jesus said to the Pharisees, you put these heavy burdens on people and you don't lift one finger to help them out with this message. So, so I don't want to just, I don't just want to put this heavy thing on you. I want to give you some, some, a simple way to do this in wherever you are, whatever calling, whatever job, whatever, wherever you are in life, a simple way to apply this. So Jesus goes, if you read through the Gospels from that, that, from that understanding Jesus says, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I'll teach you how to do this. If you read through the Gospels with that mindset, the whole Gospels change. The whole Word of God changes. There is this theme to reach the nations, to bring in the kingdom, to walk with God in intimacy for the purpose of winning souls. And so, so, uh, so Jesus calls his disciples into this purpose, and throughout, uh, I, was, I actually read through the whole book of Matthew while I was, I was preparing this message, and you see it, man, it's just like verse after verse after verse, like God is, t- is trying to get his disciples to refocus their eyes on him and the purpose. It's not about getting a good job and a good, a good education and a good job and a good life and a good house and a good wife. It's not about that. Right. It is about the kingdom of God and, and, and bringing king, people into relationship with God. So, so, so praise the Lord. Let's, uh, I want to jump into one other passage of Scripture really quickly. Um, uh, continuing through Matthew, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says, my notes are all over the place. <laughs> Jesus says, Matthew chapter 16, 24, he said, Jesus Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good is it if someone is to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? And what can a man give in exchange for his soul? So, so, so we hear this, and Jesus is calling his disciples to radical surrender and trust in him, even unto death. Even unto death. And I just, I, like, you guys, it's so hard. We've heard this about a thousand times. It's so easy to just, like, not comprehend what Jesus was saying. You know, we have this picture of the cross. You know, we put it up here on the church. We, we, uh, we carry it around with us. We have our little flower-decorated cross in our house. Um, that was not what the disciples understood when Jesus said this to them. The Jews hated the cross. It was Rome's way of torturing and killing Jews. It was, when you walked into Jerusalem, it was covered with crosses, people being killed, their people, their families being killed. And so Jesus says this crazy statement. It's really a crazy statement. He's like, and, you know, I'll give you a simple example. If I, if I say, hey, you guys, we're working in New Orleans. If anybody would like to come with us, get a piece of rope and turn it into a hangman's noose. Put it around your neck and get in my car. Let's go. <laughs> Who's going to come? <laughs> Who's going to call the police? 
<laughs> um, Jesus was, but what he's saying is, it, it, it is it, we have to trust him. We have to follow him and be willing to give up everything. And I had to redo that. As, as I had to rethink that again as I've worked so long in this calling and ministry. And, and I had to ask the question again, am I still willing to give it all up? Am I still willing to focus on this calling? And Jesus ends his, his teaching. He starts his teaching with his disciples. Follow me and I'll teach you how to make disciples and make fishers of men. He ends it in Matthew chapter 28. He ends it with go into all the world and what? Make disciples, okay? And he says, he says, all authority has been given to me, Matthew chapter 28, 18 to 20. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's wonderful. Let's just stop it there, because <laughs> the next part's really hard. <laughs> it, says, it says, and teaching them to obey everything, everything that I commanded you. So Jesus took three years and walked with these guys. And then he says, okay, now you go walk with others and take them through all the things that I teach you. And man, I can just imagine the disciples like, oh dear, where did I take notes? I got to start writing all this stuff down again. Okay. But then he says another encouraging statement. He says, hey, but don't worry, I'm going to be with you. I will be with you. I will give you the power. I will remind you of all those things that you've learned. So he gives this call to all of us. It's not Nathan. It's not the missions or missionary. It's all of us he gives it to. So how can we implement this in our lives? I want to I give you six points, simple points on how to implement this in your life. Praise the Lord. Point number one on how to make disciples. And this is what I, my heart longs for you guys to be able to do this. My heart yearns for this to happen. Listen, number one um, is really simple. You all know it. Uh, I had all my points, and my mama actually called it out on me. She's like, yeah, but you need the first one, and it's uh, commit to spending time in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> um, commit to daily seeking God in prayer, the, the reading and study of Scripture and worship of Jesus. That's where it all starts, because I have some great points going on next, but if you don't get those points, if you don't get that first point, all of it's worth nothing. I was with, uh, in a training with 220 new church planters in the U.S. just two weeks ago, and man, these guys were all there, passionate for God, and, and the number one thing, it was so cool, I'm with, the, I'm, 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 it's so funny, I'm a Pentecostal boy planting with the Southern Baptist churches, <laughs> and, and, and you know what they said? They said, they said, if you don't get this first point, all the strategies and the planning and the programs, nothing will do it. Because we have, this is what the president said. He said, we've gotten all those strategies and plannings down, but we missed the main point. He said, we have to be on our knees seeking the presence of God and the guidance of God to guide us into what we are doing. So point number one, be a man of intimacy with Christ or a woman be a person of intimacy with Christ. Okay, number two, I want to challenge each one of you to recognize one person. If you're not doing discipleship and you haven't been doing it, and I'm going to explain a little bit about what discipleship is, but, but Jesus walked with his disciples daily. It wasn't a class. We get that mixed up in our minds. I did. 
you know, I was like, man, I'm going to go to Honduras, and I'm going to teach a six-month class, raise up disciples, teach them, and then I'm going to go to the next place. <laughs> and my father-in-law said, why did, it take, why did Jesus take three years with his disciples? <laughs> but Jesus walked with his disciples three years, teaching and training them daily. He went into their lives. So first, first one, recognize a person that, as in your life. If you have a job, there's some people in your life that you see every day. If you like Dunkin' Donuts, you see the guy at the window every morning. <laughs> there are people that God has put in your life that we miss because we're so focused on living a good life for God in our own personal selves. <laughs> there are people that God has put in your life. If you're a grandparent, it could be your grandkids. Uh, it can be a student. It can be a, you know, any people that are in your life. It's somebody that's on your team. Every single one of us have people in our lives that God has called us to disciple. Every single one of us. So first, just recognize. Just recognize, oh, yeah, this guy's in my life every day. I see him every day. You're right. Recognize that person. Pray and ask God, God, show me who it is. So number two, number three, commit to praying for that person every single day, daily, multiple times a day. So, so when God reveals somebody to you, pray for that person, lift them up, bring them before God, and cry out for their soul. Cry out for their soul. So pray, recognize that person, then commit to praying for them. Number four, you got to go into their lives. You already are in their life, probably, but you got to go where they are. Jesus went where the people were. You see it all throughout Scripture. He goes down to the lake. He goes on the boat. He goes to the mother, uh, Peter's mother-in-law's house. He goes, he goes all these places. He was called the friend of sinners. That wasn't because he was at the church 24-7. He was where the people were. Okay, so, so, so you, have to, you have to, and it's a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice to give up what you're doing and your schedule and your plans to go and say, hey, hey, honey, um, I'm really sorry I can't do that tonight. I'm going to go and have coffee with, with this guy, you know, uh, or, or just being willing to sacrifice time. And, and this is the beautiful part. The next step comes when you've sacrificed your time for someone, they see that you care. They see that you love them. And then you can invite them into your life. You can invite them to be a part of your life. Say, hey, you know, why don't you come over for dinner? Why don't you do this with us? Why don't you do that with us? And God begins to move as you, so you go into their life and then they come into yours. That's what Jesus Christ did. He went into the disciples' lives and then they committed to walking with Jesus. Okay, when they saw how much he cared, they said, yeah, I want to be part of this. So, so, so then you invite them into your life, no matter how messed up it is. Don't worry if the house isn't clean, mama. <laughs> invite them into your life. Okay, uh, that's, that's number, number five. And number six is simple. I just added it on because if you don't have it, it's not going to happen. Be patient. <laughs> Be patient with the people that God has given you to disciple and train. Be patient. I am so thankful for the patience of my leaders in my life, and I have failed over and over and over. I'm so thankful for that. So be patient as you walk through this. And I was sharing this with a, a, a brother of mine the other day, and he said, I like that. It's so simple. I can, I can do that. I can do one person. I can do that. Okay? But then he said, but 
how do you disciple? <laughs> and I said, there, there are so many ways, there are so many things you can do, so many tools. There's no excuse in this day and age. There are so many tools, but I'll give you one very simple one, how to disciple. Uh, walk people through the Gospels. Just start. Uh, when I was a teenager, they did a program here that everybody at, at, at youth night at this stage uh, us as uh, uh, young leaders, we were supposed to take one person, get their name, and for that week, read the book of John with them every day, three chapters a day. Call them every day and talk that. So then when they came back next week, they had already read the whole book of John. <laughs> and it was powerful. It was incredible. And it was so simple. We were a bunch of young people who didn't know anything, but we could read the Bible with somebody. <laughs> and there were so many times that, that people asked me, like, really, uh, young people asked me hard questions. Hard questions. And I was like, I don't actually know. <laughs> but it made it where I had to go deeper, and I had to study God's Word. And I said, I don't know, but I will go and study, and I will come back next week, and we will, I will have an answer for you. And I sought God. So praise the Lord. That is, that is a simple, simple solution, a simple way to reach out and disciple people. I, I, my heart burns and yearns for this to happen because this, this is the fact this is so awesome. In the United States, they say an estimated 210 million confess to be followers of Jesus Christ. Okay, And maybe that's not true. Maybe that's not true. But I do believe in the world that there's about that amount, at least. <laughs> I think there's a lot more, but, but 210 million. Let's, so, so let's take that number, 210 million. If all of you guys commit to just doing, to, to find one person, pray for that person, and disciple that person, and walk through life with them, and teach them to do the same, because that's, that's where we're failing. Because a lot of you guys have taught somebody, especially our children, to walk with God, but we haven't taught them to do the same. They're not doing the same. They're not, they're not going out and doing the same, so it, it's, it's, it's not continuing on. So, so teach them to do the same. One person, one person, if all, if all those Christians did that, less than six years, the world would be saved twice over. Less than six years, God would be coming on his throne because every nation, every tongue, every tribe had heard the word of God. And this is what I believe that God is calling his people to do. Take one person. I mean, can you guys do that? One person, it's, it's incredible. So, so recognize who your one is, pray, and ask God to guide you and, and, and do it. And, 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 and uh, the, my brother that I was sharing it to, he goes, yeah, but I'm just so afraid of screwing it up. And I said, you will. <laughs> but you will, you will, if you never, if you are afraid to screw somebody's life up, or afraid of screwing somebody's life up, you will never change anyone's life. You will never change anyone's life. Um, and, and God will give you the strength and he will take your mess ups and turn it into something good. He does it all the time, man. I'm here. <laughs> he, he is awesome at taking things that the world says are a mess up or, or your foolish actions and, and our, and our, as I, we try to work for him and he takes them and he, he works his beautiful magic, his beautiful power and creates this beautiful work that he's doing. So don't be afraid. You, it, you do not have to be educated. And I've worked with people in Honduras, and they have, they, uh, most of the guys I worked with could not read when I started working with them. 
And right now, this is awesome, they are discipling men. They are discipling their wives and their children. They are men and women of God who six years ago couldn't read. That's, that's incredible, but it's just because we dedicated time to walk with them and read Scripture and be patient as they read so slowly. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I want to pray over you this morning. And, 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 and Pastor Otis said this too, and I said it in the beginning. Or I, I want to say this. This message is for, is for you Christians, but if you are not a Christian, this, at this moment, this message is not for you. You have something else to deal with. And, and God is saying, I love you, and I want, to, I want to take care of you, and I want to help you. He has called you this morning. If you do not know Christ, yeah. I want to invite uh, the altar team up here to, to be a part, and I want to invite Pastor Otis up here to just pray with you guys. But man, God is moving in this nation. He is moving in the world. And I want you to pray right now. If you, if you have... Uh, if you have felt conviction this morning, say, God, let this become not just hearer of the word. Lord, I want to be a doer. Put an alarm on your phone or whatever you have to do. Find your one and do that. Apply it in your life this morning. And I'm going to just pass it on over to Pastor Otto so he can pray and invite you guys up.